is up, Brave Babes. Thank you so much for tuning in today's podcast. I'm your host, Dana Foster, and I am an online fitness coach here to help women navigate a sustainable approach to their fitness goals while understanding the process along the way. From mindset shifts to habit tricks, deep conversations, and a powerful knowledge, this podcast will cover a variety of facets that will help you become brave, fit, and thriving. Let's get into the topic of today's episode. What is up, Brave Babes? Happy Tuesday. I hope you guys are having the best day of your damn life. Today, we are going to talk about subtle mind fucks in quote-unquote health and fitness media, social media, magazines, commercials, anywhere you might see and how you might have gained some of your misconceptions about what it means to be healthy, what it means to be fit. And a lot of these misconceptions are things that seriously detriment your mindset when it comes to changing your health or improving your fitness and getting a body that you can feel comfortable and confident in. And a lot of times, you know, these mind fucks, they really they push you to make unhealthy choices along your journey, or they might push you to avoid the journey altogether because you believe that it's going to be too challenging or it's too sacrificing or it's going to be too draining on you. So I'm going to talk about where some of the sources of these misconceptions come from so that way you can identify them and be able to avoid falling into the trap of believing that it's not possible or believing that is going to drain your energy or believing that you are not going to be able to accomplish your goal that you set out to do. Uh, So first I'm going to go over something that I noticed in the grocery store yesterday. I actually took a picture of it. I'm I'm probably going to share it in my story later, but these are some subtle things that really do affect the way that we think. And you might not really think too much of it at first. Like you might look at the headline on a magazine, lose 10 pounds in two weeks, uh, front label. Like you're not buying that magazine. You're just taking a quick glance at it. You're like, oh, look at that. And you're on your merry way. Like, you know, on some level that that's kind of extreme, right? But then you see that headline on another magazine. And then you see that headline on a commercial. And then you see that headline on social media. Like you see this headline everywhere. And it starts to creep into your subconscious and it kind of normalizes the extreme of losing 10 pounds in two weeks. It's very, very uncommon and it's not necessarily very healthy, but it starts to seem normal. Also, on another magazine that I looked at, there was a picture of this woman, this slender woman, right? And she had a she had a measuring tape around her waist and her waist was just under 24 inches. And while that's very subtle, like this woman was, she wasn't exactly shredded, but she was pretty lean. She was fairly small. And this was like a health and fitness magazine, or maybe it was just a health magazine. I forget. Let me check. Let me see if I have the picture of the title. You know what? I'll check that later. I'll share it on my story. But anyway, you might see that and you see it on another magazine. Like you see that a lot on magazine covers. You see a measuring tape on a waist talking about how you can lose weight, how you can lose X amount of pounds and X amount of weeks. And usually it's something that is supposed to be like shocking or like incredible. Tend to think of it as positive when it's actually not really so positive. But the measurement of this girl's waist was just under 24 inches. And that seems to be pretty common on a lot of magazines. A slender woman, measuring tape, it's about 24 inches typically. And that starts to seem like, oh, is that normal? Are we supposed to have 24 inch waists? Are we supposed to be that small? Is losing 10 pounds in two weeks, that's supposed to happen. And how 
they, there's all these magazines too that talk about these women who get into a size zero, like a really, really small size, size zero or a size two. They're like, get back into your size two jeans, get back into size zero. It's like, there's so many problems with this because first of all, not everybody is built to have a 24 inch waist. Okay. That is dependent on the size of your rib cage, the size of your hips, your athleticism, your genetics, your muscular structure. 24 inch waist is not, not typical. It's not supposed to be normal, especially like later on in the day, you're, you're going to gain two, three inches on your waist just by eating food. Normally it's not necessarily like it's fat. It's not anything, but these magazines normalize tiny waist and it feeds into your subconscious. And so even if you had a average normal size waist, you might look at that and be like, well, I must not be fit. I must not be healthy because this magazine is about health and fitness. And so we start to chase these unrealistic standards of this size waist, losing this amount of weight in this amount of weeks, fitting into this size jeans, even though you could literally buy two jeans of the same size from different brands and they're going to fit differently. If you work out at all and you like to train your glutes, you like to, you like to grow your butt, it's going to be hard as fuck to fit into a size one, a size two. Shit. Even if you're, even if you're lean, like fitting into a size one, a size two, size one is like junior. Sorry. I like, see, this is part of the misconceptions, but size two is like hard to fit into. If you work out at all, if you have any, any muscle on you at all, really any muscle at all on your glutes, on your legs, like it's going to be hard to fit into a size two. And so these magazines normalize really, really slender, skinny frames for short people, might I add, if you are above five foot five, fitting into a size zero, size two, very, very, very difficult. And even if you can, you're not going to have much muscle. You're not going to have much strength. You're not going to have much shape to you. And even if you fit in that size, if you say you wanted to have some curves, you wanted to have a bigger butt and you wanted to have the illusion of a smaller waist, you want to have, you want to have some muscle on you, right? Well, it's going to be hard to fit into that size too. And all these magazines about losing 10 pounds in two weeks, again, it's unsubstantiated. It's dangerous in some way to our mentality because it's not normal to lose that amount of weight in that amount of time. Unless you're 300 pounds, it's not normal to lose that amount of weight. If you are under 200 pounds, losing 10 pounds in two weeks is not necessarily safe, nor is it going to be sustainable. And it's definitely not going to feel good. But these magazines really push these conceptions and mind fucks us. And so when you don't lose 10 pounds in two weeks, when you start your fit, when you start your fitness journey, if you're trying, if you're in a fat loss phase and you're trying to lose weight, even if you know that that's not realistic and you don't lose 10 pounds really quickly, you might start to think, well, I'm not going to be successful. And the see, it's like, isn't losing, losing weight fast supposed to be common. Same thing with having that waist. Like you lose some weight and you check your waist and you're not 24 inches. You start to doubt yourself because you've seen it everywhere. You start to think, am I healthy? Am I fit? Am I failing? That's the thing is these magazines make you think that you're failing when you're not. It depends on your height. It depends on your structure. It depends on your muscle. It depends on other factors as well. Digestion. That's a big thing too. Like that woman who has a 24 inch waist was to say that she wasn't completely fasted and took a diarrhea tea the day before. Like that's, that's a way to get a smaller waist, but that's not healthy. It's not good. Another thing too, that happens. And I think a lot of you can relate to this 
don't really know exactly what the origin of this was, but I know for a fact a vast majority of you are going to believe this misconception. And trust me, I get it because I was under this misconception too. I literally believed in this misconception up until about three years ago, two or three years ago. And even past that point, it was still stuck in my subconscious. I had to conscious, I had to consciously just like fight this misconception be like, I know that's not necessarily reality, but tell me if you have heard about this. If you are, so every inch over five feet that you are tall. So if you are five feet baseline, a hundred pounds, right? And then they're like, for every foot, every inch over five feet, you could add five pounds. Anything over than that, you're overweight, right? I'm pretty sure we've heard that one. I know I heard that a lot. And that was like a big driving force for me when I was in high school, I swear. Um, so if you're five, seven, they're like, okay, if you weigh over 135 pounds, then you're overweight, right? I'm 158 pounds right now. And I absolutely do not look like I'm overweight. I have muscle on me. I have strength. I have curves. If I would have stuck to believing that every, every inch over five feet, I can only weigh five pounds more. And if I am over that, then I'm overweight. Then I would have never gained the muscle that I have now. I'd never hit PRs in the gym. I wouldn't have the energy that I have now because I'd be constantly, constantly trying to restrict my food, doing cardio, trying to fit in to this really I, I, we don't even know what the origin of it is, to be honest. Like I've been trying to find where the origin of that misconception is. And I literally can't find the pinpoint, but for some reason in the last 15 years, that has become a huge driving force, a huge driving force in quote unquote health and fitness, because yes, 135 pounds might be healthy for someone, but it also might be underweight for another who, depending on their fitness goals, depending on their fitness history. Like if you have a track athlete, who has a lot of muscle on them and tell them they can't weigh more than 135 pounds yet they are pure muscle and they weigh 145. Like, would you tell that person that they're fat? Would you tell them that they're overweight? No, it all has to do with your body composition and it has to do with what your specific goals are, you know? So trying to restrict yourself to this really arbitrary quote unquote guideline, which isn't necessarily much of a guideline anymore because now we have women going to the gym. We have women women literally trying to shape their body in the healthier way by lifting weights, by eating a well-balanced diet, prioritizing their protein, working on their overall health, and not just going onto the treadmill, doing two hours of cardio all the time, restricting food altogether so that they're not even getting enough protein to where they actually lose their shape and end up looking, quote unquote, they're not fat, but it's the term skinny fat, where you still have a high body fat percentage. You just don't have much muscle. You still weigh less, but you don't have that shape. You don't have that muscular definition. You don't have that tone, which is what a lot of you are after, right? You want to look tone. You want to look lean, but you need muscle in order to look that way. And I will tell you, I used to do cross country. I literally, like I said, I followed the quote unquote guideline. I say quote unquote, because it's BS of I need to weigh 135 pounds because I'm five foot seven. So I literally ran all the time. I went in the sauna all the time. I wore a waist trainer for a bit. I restricted my calories. I didn't really focus on protein. And I was, I was 135 pounds, but I will tell you, I still wasn't happy with my physique. I still wasn't happy with my body because I still felt flabby in some areas. Like I still had jiggle in my legs. I still had jiggle in my stomach. I didn't have much abs at, for, at like afternoon in the day, my abs are 
I'd wake up and I'd have some abs, but then they would disappear by the end of the day. And I felt weak. I felt tired. And I knew that I wasn't feeling my best at the time. So these arbitrary guidelines, these arbitrary ideas of what health and fitness is, are fucking you up in the head and keeping you from sticking to your guns and doing what's best for your long-term goals. Because again, we have on social media too. So here's something that we see on social media. You see these health and fitness challenges, right? Transformation challenges. Six weeks, maybe 90 days, people win a large sum of money, right? And you see these incredible transformations. Literally, it looks like somebody put three years into the gym in 90 days. And we look at that and these challenges, they're plastered a lot because they they use those people to advertise. They're trying to draw people into the challenge because guess what? That's more advertising for their business. That's more advertising for their products. But it is working against the consumers, everybody who sees it, because when you start your journey, you think that you're going to have this complete 180 of your body in 90 days. When that happens to maybe 1% of the population, and that 1% of the population are people who literally have nothing else to do. They can go to the gym for two or three hours a day. They literally can afford all the tools to get them there and probably maybe even like a little little extra push. It you know, depends, depends on the, the challenge and you know the people participating. Hopefully, you know, maybe the winners they test no idea, but that can happen. And that has happened, especially in, you know, fitness magazines that are geared more towards bodybuilders. Like you see a lot of people do that. And also with the transformation challenges, people will literally the day before that first picture of these transformation challenges, they will go gorge themselves. So they're retaining a lot of water. They got a lot of sodium. They have a lot of carbohydrates. So they look fluffier. They drink a lot of water and they just they, they make their posture look like they're frumpy, right? Like they stick their gut out a little bit. They have a frown on their face. They're like, oh, look at how terrible I look. When in reality, three days ago, before they went and went hog wild at the buffet so that they would look like shit for their before picture, they looked pretty fit. They were okay. They were okay, but they were regularly working out. They were fine. Then they partake in this challenge for 90 days. They have that one binge. And then for 90 days, they just go ham. They are, you know, literally just eating chicken, rice, and broccoli. They go to the gym for two, three hours a day. And then boom. They have that 90 day transformation that makes it look like they completely changed their entire, they literally just are a different person. They just took the head and put it on somebody who is extremely fit, right? Problem that is, it makes a lot of people think that you can completely transform in 90 days going from, you know, maybe 40, 50% body fat to now you're like absolutely fucking shredded. And that these challenges, these before and afters, they get shared all over social media. And so when people are a month into their journey, they're not even, they're even at the end of the 90 days, they're a month in and they see that they're not even 2% of the way there, even though maybe they have more energy, their sleep is better. Females, maybe your menstrual cycle was better that month. You've lost a few pounds. You notice you've lost a few inches in that first month, but because you feel like you're not even halfway to that end point that you have seen other people in those before and afters, you think that you're failing and then you give up. And or, or instead of giving up, maybe you're like, all right, well, I need to kick it up a notch. I need to take drastic measures. I need to go sit my ass in the sauna for three hours. I need to go on the stairmaster for three hours. A sauna suit. I need to go get some fucking diarrhea tea and go shit out on my food the next day. Those things are awful, by the way. Do not, do not use those because they, your, your housemates will hate you or your roommate will hate you for that. (laughs) 
but people will take drastic measures because one, they're impatient, but you've basically been conditioned to be impatient because of these health and fitness misconceptions that you have been subconsciously fed over many, many years throughout your life. Whether you're in your 20s right now, whether in your 30s, your 40s, or your 50s right now, you have probably been fed a lot of these misconceptions and they kind of blend together. They come together and because they all are kind of connected, it seems almost logical, even though it's not. And this day and age, again, we have women going to the gym who are going to get strong, who are going to actually literally shape their body. The way that we shape our bodies is through muscle. The way that we can shape our body through muscle, because think about it this way. If you aren't in the gym and you're not training your muscle and you're just eating it away, are you trying to look like a skeleton? Is that a shape that you want? Just stick? Do you want to look like a stick? Do you know how hard and miserable it is to look like a stick? I will tell you too. Um, uh, my fitness journey back in high school, again, when I believed a lot of these misconceptions and I ran all the time, I did, I did end up losing a lot of weight. I used to be almost 200 pounds and I got down to 97. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a lot of weight loss. And I'll tell you, I did not do it the healthy way. Absolutely not the healthy way. Looked like a stick. Looked like a stick, had not much of a feminine shape to me. I had to literally wear push-up bras just to look like I had any boob. <laughs> but I was just petrified of going up a size in jean or, you know, I, again, fed all of these health and fitness misconceptions. And so that led to making a lot of bad decisions at the beginning. I went from binge eating to restricting, back to binging, back to restricting, like, two or three times throughout, throughout those years. And these misconceptions played a huge role, huge, huge role in that. So I want you to know, identify some of these misconceptions that you have and think about like the present, you know, again, in the past, a lot of these were, were trends. You know, we did a lot of hit, a lot of cardio, eating a lot of salads. And these are things that still trickle into today. These are things that are still trickling into today's quote unquote, health and fitness world. But the healthier side is still out there. The more constructive side is still out there. Oh, got a comment. Taco Bell could do the same thing as diarrhea tea. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> You're completely not wrong there. I Oh, funny story about that, by the way. So when I was in high school and I was heavily restricting, I, and I was like counting calories. Like I would, I would limit myself to about a thousand calories a day. And I still like Taco Bell. I had like one, I had like one taco and what I would do, it was, I'm not even gonna talk about what I, what I would do, but um, yeah, it, it definitely caused some GI distress back then. <laughs> those, those stories back in high school, man, <laughs> maybe I'll get into some of them, but I, I, there's just like so many different stories. I'm pretty sure I would just spew a word salad right now if I went off on all of those, <laughs> but the, the moral of this podcast or this the topic of today is helping you identify that these, these mind fucks, these misconceptions, they are fed to you throughout your life. And if you can identify them and be aware of them, it will help you be able to work through them and realize, again, they are just misconceptions. They are not reality. They are not current. And again, these are very dependent 
on, on your goals. I'm not saying that, you know, a 24 inch waist is completely impossible, but it's not healthy or realistic for everyone. You can have, you could be, you could be lean, have a 24, 25 inch waist in the morning, but the second you eat breakfast, it's going to be 26 and that's normal. That's normal. But a lot of you will measure yourself in the morning and then the evening and see that difference in waist measurement and think suddenly in the span of only 12 hours that you've gained a lot of weight. You know, that's these subtle things, they add up. So identify them and counter them with reality. Counter them with facts. Stop letting magazines try to sell you on bullshit. Stop letting bogus supplement companies with these transformation challenges suckle you into buying their detox teas and and all these like weird powders that you don't even know what's in it. These proprietary blends that are just there to take your money because, oh, their champion of the transformation challenge took it, even though that champion literally in, in overall didn't even lose that much. They just binged the day before their first progress photo. Again, that fucking happens. That really does happen. With those big challenges that have a huge like $10,000, $20,000 grand prize, I guarantee you there's bullshit in there. Social media, influencers selling you detox teas or, oh yeah, I, I forgot to mention this other one. Fitness influencers that either only share photos from when they were lean, like they will get lean for a photo shoot, take a shit ton of photos and literally only share content from when they were lean or hide their body whenever they are not very lean. Like I personally like to follow people who are, who go through their physical seasons. You're not always supposed to be in a fat loss phase. You're not always supposed to be dieting. Okay. Those, those will come and go in seasons, just like your life, just like things that go on in life. So when you follow people, like I had to unfollow Ashley K fit. Now, if you know me, i I like bodybuilding. I am a competitor, hopefully competing next year, you know, still working on physique and everything. But I used to follow Ashley and she would compete year round. She stayed lean year round. And I know for a fact that is not physiologically healthy to our hormones. And that's somebody that is toxic to follow. That was somebody that fed into that demon, those misconceptions. And that's what also happens to a lot of other competitors. Again, I know not everybody listening to this is a competitor. This is just kind of like going into, into the world of bodybuilding. But this is something that I noticed. Um, and there's going to be like a lot of new competitors that follow them who doubt their own journey because this one girl is able to stay super lean year round. I guarantee you she's probably taking drugs. But, uh, like most likely it's, it's pretty much a given. <laughs> Nobody can stay that lean and have a healthy hormonal system, have a healthy hormonal balance, have healthy thyroid. It's just not really very likely. She might be genetically gifted in some ways, but again, that can only go so far. She's, she's like 34, 35, I think. Anyway, off on a tangent there. Um, uh, be careful about who you follow. Be careful about where you get your health and fitness information from. Follow people who are about fact. Follow people who align with your goal, with your lifestyle, and understand that, again, even if you just have, even if you have these misconceptions, it doesn't mean that they need to control your future. It doesn't need to control your goal outcome. 
You just need to be patient. You need to be aware and understand that it's a process. If you are going from barely ever working out, never tracking your calories to now you're trying to be on top of your health and fitness, realize that you are going to have to overcome different obstacles. And those obstacles go beyond just what's going on in your life, but it also has to do with what's going on in your mind. So identify some of the misconceptions, some of the things that are fucking you up in the head and Try to dig into why that's there and understand what is reality versus what is just companies trying to suckle money out of you. Okay. Don't fall for the mind fucks. Don't fall for the BS. Get logical. That's the best thing that you can do for yourself. I hope you had a really great day. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Oh, actually, I forgot. I made an outro here. (laughs) So working on upgrading the podcast. So here is the new outro that I made. Hopefully you enjoyed today's episode and I'll see you on Thursday. Thank you so much again for tuning in today. If you liked the value that you gained from this podcast, please follow me on Instagram or TikTok at Dana F Fit. Add me on Facebook at Dana Foster or come join my free fitness support group on Facebook. Just search Brave Fit and Thriving Women or message me for the link to join. Would love to see you there and hope you have the best day of your life.